0: All right, well, how was your week? Since you can't all tell me how your week was, I'm going to tell you how my week was. Um, we had a lot of sunshine, and then in the midst of the sunshine, there was all this like random rain. And I was so proud of myself because I didn't put the washing out during the time that I was at work, because even though it looked like brilliant sunshine, I knew that it was going to rain at some point. And every single day it did, as only Auckland can, right? Sunshine and then random rain. That's what we do. I had some great meetings, I had some great God moments, and then I had some Challenges. We had a few rough mornings with the kids, just keeping it real. Like, you know, it was it was just a week of ups and downs and all arounds. And during the week, my challenge always is how do I keep my focus on what really matters? How do I keep my focus on God and not get distracted by all the other stuff that's going on in my life? And um so last time that I spoke, it was a while ago, I spoke about tension, and I talked about how like in life we struggle with the tension between what our flesh wants and what our spirit wants, um, of where we are in reality to where we wanna be and where we're believing that God is taking us, or the tension of when it didn't happen, it didn't work out, and can we still have the faith to follow anyway? And what we looked at is that it's in that tension, it's in that struggle, in that wrestle, that God is working in our lives, that we're getting stronger, that God is preparing us for the next, and He does some of His best work in those times, but we have to learn to hold on, and we have to learn to focus. And so today, I kinda wanna do, not part two, but a little bit if you like. I wanna look at focus. You know, to get through the storms of life, and even to really live out our purpose, our destiny that we're called to, we need this thing called focus. We need to be able to look at things how God wants us to look at, to set our focus on the right things. And you know, it's actually harder than you might think, or maybe you've discovered that. We can always decide the factors, but uh, we can't always decide the factors, sorry, but we can decide our focus. It's something that we can control if we learn how, because what, we will find what we focus on. Did you know that? You'll find what you focus on. Think about it. If you focus on the negative in life, you find it, right? It's pretty easy. If you focus on the positive in life, you're gonna find the positive. If you start putting your focus on success and your job and your career, you're gonna start heading in that direction. If you wanna focus on image, you're gonna start investing in that. You're gonna head in that direction. If you wanna focus on money, you might not become a millionaire, but you'll probably find someone that is a millionaire. I don't know, but where you put your focus on, you head, and that's what you find. That's what happens in in life. And so what is it that we are trying to find? What are we focusing on? We have to be really careful because it can be positive or negative. Your focus pulls you forward. As you focus on something, that's what you start going towards. And we have to fight for focus, because in this world, in this life, there's distractions that hit us from every angle, from every side. And it's the fight of our life, but the reality is the future you experience is gonna be based on the focus that you choose right now. Just like the the decisions that you make today determine the future that you have tomorrow. It is the same with focus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two in the Amplified Version says this, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, disregarding shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What a powerful verse. This verse holds the key for us to live with, looking away from those things that distract or depress or stress us out, and fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, we wanna focus in on you. God, we we wanna learn how to fix our eyes on you no matter what's going on, and I pray that today, wherever we might find ourselves, Lord, that you would help us to find you in a new way. God, these are just words, but I pray that you would come and you would take these words, and Lord, you would give it some living, some life that would be words of life for each one of us. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd come and that you would speak in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the other day, um, Zach was. Uh, he collects those cards from the Wheatbox boxes. You know those rugby cards? Um, and, uh, anyways, some of you very kindly give them to him. And I think it was two weeks ago, someone gave me a couple of these cards for him, and I gave it to him. And he was super excited because in those cards was a gold card. Now, if you don't know what a gold card is, apparently it's like a super rare card. They only print so many, and they're usually some of like the big famous all blacks. And uh, this one was of Dan Carter. And you should have seen his face. He was so excited. He got this card and he couldn't stop talking about it. And he was like just really happy. And I was happy for him, like it was lovely. But the thing was, last year we also collected these cards, and he also got a gold card, but he lost it. And it was like a big drama. I mean, we searched the house so many times last year for this stupid card (laughs) that we never did find. And um, anyway, so he was so happy that he got this gold card, but then he suddenly remembered that card that he lost last year. And it was amazing, like he went from so happy to really upset, and all of a sudden, we all had to start searching the house again. We all had to go through all his old cards. We all had to look through everything 10 times, and he was really upset. Like it really got to him. He was mad. He was frustrated. And I had to sit him down and I I gave him a good talk. I gave him a mini sermon by yours truly. (laughs) And like, you know, and and eventually we got there. Like he was good. It took a while, but he realized, okay, I've got to let it go. The card from last year is gone. But I've got a new card. And he was able to refocus and find that joy in that new card again. And he he woke up the next morning and he's like, Oh Mum, I I love this new card. It's better than the old card I might. That's right. This, don't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, it was amazing. Like his focus was on the new card and he was happy. And then he remembered the old card that he lost and he was so upset. And then he was okay. He let that go and he was back to being happy on the new card. And it was just so interesting how what he focused on totally determined his feelings, his actions, how he affected everyone else. <laughs> and you know, I thought to myself, man, I'm so guilty of that too. I focus on one wrong thing and I miss the 10 right things. Things that are in front of me, right? I go from like good and doing well to one thought, and then everything is bad. Like I lose my focus so easily. I can go from happy to unhappy in seconds, and it can take quite an effort on our part to shift our focus. It's not that easy, and it can. Um, but it can be a real game changer. And you know what? I believe that God is wanting to shift our focus today. If we can learn to focus in on Him, sometimes, even in the middle of really difficult circumstances, we can experience a perspective shift that actually changes the way we feel, the way we see things, and um, the way we can walk out our life. So I'm believing for that. We're gonna pray for that at the end. So Hebrews 12, verse one to two, the verse that we just read, it comes right after the faith chapter. One of my favorite Bible chapters is Hebrews 11. The great men and women throughout the pages of this book are acknowledged for their faith. Um, Who do we have? We've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Samson, Barak, and Jephthah. And these heroes of faith saw something beyond the normal, beyond the now. Their focus was not here, it was actually up there. And they made their mark on the world. And when we get to Hebrews 12, it says that we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. These men and women of faith, let us lay aside every weight and every sin and run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There it is, fixing our eyes on Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 says, While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And that's what these men and women were able to do. Sometimes it it brings tears to my eyes when I think about how they were able to live in such a different way. They, they saw something that I've not yet seen, and it caused them to make an incredible mark on the world, not get focused up on here, but focus up on there. Yeah, that's good. Last Sunday, I had a white shirt on, and um, in between services, I had a cup of coffee, and I was drinking my coffee, and I only had a little bit left, and then, um, my friend walked in the front doors, and I'm not sure what happened, it was like a movie moment, like the slow-mo moment, where I think I, I went to say hi, but I must have lifted the wrong hand. And it was like, hi, and the coffee cup went up, and the coffee like slowly came down. <laughs> all over my white shirt. In that moment, I totally forgot about my friend and all I could think about was, oh my goodness, I have to get back on stage in 20 minutes. What am I gonna do with this shirt? The coffee cup was on the floor and I gapped it. I was like, right, I gotta get home. I quickly like washed my shirt as best I could and then I just ironed it over and over and over again until it dried, and there were still some coffee marks, but I managed to get back like 10 minutes into the worship, and um, I I got back on stage, and I don't think most of you noticed, now you know. Why am I telling you that I'm doing therapy? No, Um, but the thing was, like, I literally, I saw my friend, and I was so excited to see her, but next minute, like, I don't even know what happened to her, I think she picked up my coffee cup, I was out, like, I did catch up with her at the end. But it's amazing, like, in just a moment, my focus completely, shifted from my friend to myself, and my shirt, and like, what was I gonna do? Well, I think this is common for many of us, and I wanna look at a a passage in the Bible this morning about Peter, don't we love Peter? I love Peter, there's so many great things about him. What do we remember him for? We remember him for fishing. We remember him for water walking, for cutting off the ear of the the soldier, for denying Jesus three times, for building the church, for being an amazing apostle, for that message that was Acts chapter 2, right? He preached about the Holy Spirit, for um, signs, wonders, and miracles. Peter is a great character. I love Peter. But I want to look today at the water walking moment. Can we look at that? Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 36, it must be one of the most famous Peter moments in the Bible. Uh, let me read it to you. All right, it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified, it's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus." But when he saw the way, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink cried out, "Lord, save me." Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. "You have little faith," he said, "Why did you doubt?" And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, "Truly you are the Son of God." When they crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret, and when the men of the place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Well, I love that passage. The disciples have just seen Jesus feed 5,000 Jesus has sent them on ahead of him to go over to the other side of the lake because there's an assignment waiting for them, but on the way, as they get into the boat, a storm hits them. Have you ever been on your way to do something for God? You feel like you're in the middle of his will, you're not messing up, you're doing the right thing, and boom, a storm comes and hits you, and you're like, What is that about? Where did that even come from? Well, I wanna tell you, if you've ever felt like that, you're in good company, and guess what? Jesus is heading your way. Verse 25 says shortly before dawn. Earlier it said later that night that Jesus was praying, and the boat was some distance from the shore because the wind was buffeting them, but Jesus didn't come until shortly before dawn. Some people call this the fourth watch of the night. But even though Jesus didn't come until shortly before dawn, he had his eyes on them the whole time. He could see that boat from the mountain where where he was praying. And you know what? If you're in the fourth watch of the night, if your storm has been raging for a long time, I just wanna remind you, Jesus is watching you. He's never stopped watching you. He never takes his eyes off of you. He's still in control. He's heading your way. He's ready to do a miracle in his life. And you know, it reminds me of that, You know, he's always heading in our direction, by the way. He's always heading towards us. It reminds me of that old song, his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches over me. Jesus always watches over us. And then Jesus walks on water towards them and they ask him, is it a ghost? But Jesus tells them, it is I, I am here. All that you need, I am. And um, Peter, focused on Jesus, said to him, well, if it's you, tell me to come. Typical Peter, right? And Jesus says, come. And Peter, take, he steps out of the boat and he walks on water towards Jesus. I wonder how many steps he took before he kind of started to lose his focus. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I'm sure every single one of us, at some point in our life, has stood bes- beside the pool and said, Lord, if you're real, let me walk on water. Right? we all do it. Don't we? (laughs) Yes, we do. I'm sure we do. And you know, you you do. You put your foot out and then boom, you sink. But good on Peter. Like wow, (laughs) this is courageous faith. This is actually courageous faith. He steps out of the safety of the boat and into the storm that's still raging, but as long as he's focused on Jesus, he's doing the impossible. He is walking on water. But when, everyone say, but when. But when he what? When he saw, when he looked at, when he started to focus, he saw the wind, he took his focus off Jesus and onto the elements, onto the storms, onto the things that are eating us up, onto the finances that we can't figure out how to make away, onto the sickness, onto the pain, onto the frustration, onto the regrets, he took his focus off of Jesus and he put his focus on all these other things, and that's what happens when we take our eyes off Jesus and onto the storm, we start to sink. I've often been there. Sunday is my water walking day, but Monday to Saturday, it's so easy things get in the way, things start to dominate my thinking, feelings, emotions, and before I know it, I've taken my eyes off Jesus, I've lost my focus, I start to sink, and I actually can start to drift. But here's the best part of the story, in my opinion. I think it's amazing that Peter walked on water, but what's even more amazing is that when he messed up and he stopped looking at Jesus, all he had to do was call out, Lord, save me. Look at verse 31. Immediately, not after letting him stress for a little while, not after he was kind of shoulder deep, no, no, no. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, and he caught him, and he pulls him up, and he holds him, and together they walk back to the boat. Now, I don't know how many steps it was for them to walk back to the boat, but do you know what? The storm hadn't stopped. The storm was still raging. Everything was as it was when Peter was starting to sink. But everything had changed because suddenly he'd reached out and he was holding on to Jesus, and Jesus was holding on to him. And it didn't matter what storm was coming, it didn't matter if the storm even picked up. He was okay because he was holding on to Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That means that no matter what we face in life, no matter what goes on, we can still be okay. Even as the storm keeps on raging, if we call out to Jesus, if we hold on to Him and He holds on to us. And I think that's an incredible picture. The circumstances didn't change, but His focus shifted. That's the kind of focus I wanna have. That's the perspective shift that I need in my life. It's gonna be okay as long as I'm holding on to Jesus. Changes my focus from the storm to the Savior. However, <laughs> if you're anything like me, I lose perspective pretty fast. And often, whatever we, whenever we lose our focus and we start to be overwhelmed by, you know, whatever it might represent for you, it could be bad habits, it could be addictions, it could be the past, it could be negative thinking. Whatever it is, if, We call out to Jesus. Immediately, he reaches out his hand and he catches us. Did you know you've got a great catcher? Jesus is a great catcher. He never misses and he's ready to take whatever we throw his way, he'll catch us. I want you to save that image in your head. Hit the save button, you're gonna need that one. We have a great catcher. Jesus is our great catcher. Verse 32 says, And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Not only did the storm stop, but the disciples had a revelation of who Jesus really was. And then they went, of course, to the other side, and all the sick got healed, and they fulfilled that that assignment. What a moment in Peter's life. What an unforgettable, supernatural moment. And so I wanna take three things from that passage and um, that we can apply to our own life to help focus on Jesus. But just before we do that, I wanna give you three things not to focus on. The first one is don't focus on the past. This is hard. This is a really tough one. Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul, and he had a horrendous past, he says this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now this was a challenge for Paul. I mean, he is the guy who went from persecuting Christians. Many death was on his head because of what he did to those that he is now trying to reach with the gospel. So when he says this verse, it's real for him. Like he really had to let go of the past. He really had to focus on the future. We can't change the past, but we can do a lot about the future. This is why we have the cross. This is why we have a Saviour. With Jesus, our past is forgiven, we can let go, we can be free of it, everything that's gone before us and we can focus on what is ahead. Yeah. It's not just our own regrets and mistakes though, is it? Sometimes it's the things that have been done to us, that the hurt that people have caused in our life, those things that didn't work out, the disappointments. It's time for us to choose to focus on the future, on what's ahead and not what's behind. You know, in Genesis, there's this gripping story of Sodom and Gomorrah. If you've never read it, you wanna you want to go back and read it. It's pretty incredible. And um, it's the city that's incredibly wicked. And God says to Abraham, hey, I'm gonna destroy that city. But Abraham's nephew, Lot, and his family lived in that city. And so Abraham has this um, dialogue with God, and he's like, okay, God, but but what if there's 50? If there's 50 righteous men, will you still destroy it? And God's like, okay, no, no, if there's 50, I won't destroy it. And then Abraham's like, but, but how about 45? If there's 45, will you destroy it? And God said, No, no, I won't destroy it if there's 45. And the dialogue continues. It's like 40, 30, 20. Oh, God, I'm so sorry, but what if there's only 10? If there's only only 10 righteous men in that city, will you still destroy it? And God said no, he wouldn't destroy it. But in the end, there wasn't even 10 and um, God sent a couple of angels to pull out Lot and his wife and his two daughters and um, the rest of the city was burnt. We read in Genesis 19 verse 17, it says this, escape for your life, do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain, escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. But then in verse six, We read at 26, we read that Lot's wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. There's actually a verse in Luke 17, verse 32, that says, Remember Lot's wife. Why would that verse be in the New Testament? because we can't afford to keep looking back. It's actually dangerous. It's actually destructive. It cripples us. Learn from the past, yes, but don't live in the past. Don't get stuck in the past. It's so easy to get stuck in the past, but it's not what God has for us. Our best is ahead of us. And you know, we gotta choose to shift our focus from the past daily, if you have to, and let it be just that, past and focus on the future. Number two, don't focus on the storm. This is what got Peter. He looked at the wind and the waves and he started to sink. In life, there are so many storms we have to navigate, right? I used to think when I was younger that there's not that many storms. (laughs) How wrong I was. Uh, Life is very stormy. And the storms can be totally overwhelming, and it's not easy. But But if we focus on the storms, on just the things we're struggling with, and that's what consumes us, we begin to sink like Peter did. Now, the storm's not easy to put aside, and I don't think we have to completely. But what we need to learn to do is that remember to focus on the storm stopper. He's in the middle with us. Let Him hold our focus. And it is amazing how, like Peter, you can be right in the middle, but you focus on God and He comes in and He shifts your perspective. And suddenly, it just looks different. It's hard to explain, but God can do that. Circumstances may not change, but your perspective has shifted. You know, it reminds me of and remember too, uh, you know, it's only during those storms often that He can do the deep things inside of us that He wants to. There's not always any other way to get that stuff. Uh, Remember the story about Elisha and his servant, and uh, one of the foreign kings wanted to kill Elisha um, because he was telling uh, the king of Israel their battle plan, basically. So he sends all these men, and um, they're in their little hut or whatever it was, and his servant said, oh my Lord, look look out the window, like there's so many out there, we're gonna die, kind of thing. And Elisha says to him, no, there are more for us than against us. And then he prays that prayer and he says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see, and suddenly the servant's eyes were opened, and he saw chariots of fire surrounding them, and it was amazing. His perspective totally shifted. That The people out there were still the same, but suddenly he saw beyond just what was out there to God beyond the situation, looking after them, and God caused blindness, and, and they were totally fine, but you know, God can change everything if He can, in the middle of that storm, if we can focus on Him, He can shift our perspective and it will help us to navigate through. All right, number three, don't focus on yourself. Well, I'm not gonna talk much about this one because it's very hard for me. <laughs> and um. You know, we've heard it said that when we're in pain, the best thing to do is get out of our front door, go across the street, find someone else in pain and minister to them. If we can focus, get the focus off of ourselves and onto someone else, it is better than any therapy or self-help that we can do. Not that those things are bad, but it's gonna shift our focus. Uh, We need God's grace for this one. But the more we focus on ourselves, the more selfish and unhappy we become. Isn't that true? Like it's actually self-destructive. Feelings versus focus. This is the hard one, but remember, feelings lie. Feelings are not necessarily the truth. Feelings are just feelings. We need to make sure that we focus on what is real and what is right and put our focus on God. Don't let your feelings dominate. Don't let your feelings be the deciding factor in life. They will get you into trouble. Let's focus on Jesus. All right, how do we put our focus on Jesus? Well, Peter gives us three keys. I'm gonna go through them really quickly. As we start to, the first one is, as we start to lose our focus in sync, like Peter, cry out to God, Lord, save me. Yeah. It's a short prayer, but one you can say as often as you need and as many times as you need. And as you say it, your focus is shifting back onto God, your Creator, and He's gonna meet you. He's gonna come towards you. Number two, stay close to God. Peter was never far from Jesus. As a disciple, he followed him very closely. And this is a great key for us. If we can stay close to God, it's much easier to keep our focus on Him. Stay close to Him by by spending time in prayer, by reading the Word, by worship, by coming to church and prayer meetings, getting in a good life group, having friends that inspire you to be closer to God is actually an easy method to stay close to Jesus. Environment is a powerful thing. Number three, worship. One of the best tools to get focused on God is praise and worship. Stephen Feddex says this, and I'm gonna steal it. Actually, I heard that. If you say something three times, the first time you say, Pastor Stephen said it. The second time you say, I heard it said. And the third time you say, as I always say. (laughs) That's how we get our lines. No, it's not. But anyway, uh, he said um, worship is worry in reverse. Not spelling, but like it literally is the opposite of worry. As we worship, we can't worry at the same time. And it's a great perspective shifter. Worship your way through to find focus. I believe that God is calling us today to choose to focus primarily on Him. Yes, we live our lives, there are good times, there's happiness, there's victories, there's, there's battles and there's, there's struggles. But there's a greater battle going on right now and that's the battle for our focus. If Satan can keep us distracted, distressed and depressed about all the things that life th- throws at us, he wins. That's his plan. Um, His plan is not necessarily destruction. It's distraction. He doesn't need to distract. We do that quite well on our own if he can just distract us. And he does a pretty good job, right? With this thing, it's massive. With information, technology, everything that's going on in the world, distraction is right there sometimes I wonder whether speaking in tongues is a language that we don't understand um, so that we can't get distracted as we do it, you know? We just speak in tongues without distraction. I don't know. But sometimes we give up because it's too hard, or we're too tired, or we think we have to feel happy to move forward. Sometimes, though, we have to push past and focus because we love God enough, because we love people enough, because we're called, because we have a purpose, because greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. Let's push past the distractions, and let's choose to focus in on God. You know, it's a call to narrow down our focus. I think in this time and in this season, we can't afford to focus on everything. We actually have to narrow it down and choose to block out some voices. It's really hard to focus on the voice of God if you have too many other voices distracting and speaking into you. Sometimes we have to narrow our focus in what we choose to do. We can't do everything, we just don't have time. What are we gonna choose to do with the time that we've been given? Can I suggest that God is asking us to focus on prayer, on the pursuit of Him, on the power of God so that our world can see this great God that we serve? Join us on Friday, 6.30 to 10.30, half night of prayer, let's focus on Him. Can we choose to focus on God above all else? Because if we can, no matter what the storm or the season we face, we're gonna be able to walk through it with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter. He started our story, he'll end it. He spoke the first word, he has the final say. And everything that we need is found in him. Where Where the focus goes, the energy flows. And what we focus on, we will find. I heard a quote, it goes like this, what you focus on you find, what you focus on grows, what you focus on seems real, and ultimately what you focus on you become. The key is to focus on what you want, but the problem is most of us focus on what we don't want. We focus on what we don't have, what we don't like, limitations, failures, fears. You have to realize that where the focus goes, the energy flows. Are we looking at the problem or the problem solver? The water or the water walker? The depression or the great physician? The mountain or the mountain mover? Is our giant too big for our God or is our giant too big for our God to miss? Do we see what the 10 spies saw, that we can't take the land, that it's too hard, there are too many obstacles? Or do we see what Joshua and Caleb saw and we see a land and we are well able, we are more than able? We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. The mystery of life is that even when we have it all, Even when we finally get the thing we so desperately wanted, somehow, we're still not totally happy. It's not quite enough. We still feel like we're missing out on something. The only thing that can fill that in life is Jesus. That's why so many of the great missionaries of old that we read about, like Hudson Taylor, David Livingstone, Amy Carmichael, the Elliots, Brother Andrew, different people like that, they saw something that we're yet to see, I believe, and they were able to lay aside everything, everything, and give their lives for this great gospel. I think they're the modern day heroes of faith, and sometimes when I read their stories, I think, God, help me to see that. I wanna have that vision that would cause me to live not for this world, but for the great cause and the great God that we serve. What we focus on we'll find What are we going to choose to focus on today?